T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo, Privacy Simplified. And this hour is being brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Ray. Steve Stone's here. Let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Color analyst for the White Sox, Steve Stone, joins Lawrence Holmes. Try it with your bare hand. It's a lot easier that way. Steve Stone is a Cy Young Award winner. He is a fantastic color analyst for your Chicago White Sox, and he is a score baseball expert. As Steve was saying, try it with your bare hand. It's a lot easier that way. Steve actually poked his bare hand in the booth and has cut himself open. Steve Stone talks with Lawrence Holmes. I'm about to pass out. Yeah. Lost. <laughs> of blood social media got steve stone and lawrence holmes right now on the score stoney joins me on the circuit resort and casino hotline circuit resort and casino in las vegas home of the world's largest sports book the white Sox and the guardians were snowed out yesterday but they're hoping to get the game in tonight it'll be a 5-10 first pitch and you will be able to see our guest on nbc sports chicago making a call of the game in his beloved cleveland hello stoney Hello, Lawrence. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get some White Sox baseball in tonight, and hopefully the, the weather stays nice enough that we can see that be the case. Well, understand that the weather is not nice. It's not nice by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, as I was driving to see my uh, my family uh, the last couple of days, uh, starting uh, obviously with a lot of snow yesterday, and today I was driving up there. It was 34 degrees, so this is... Uh, this is unique. Even as bad as the weather is in Cleveland, this is kind of unique even for Cleveland. So uh, I understand that somewhere maybe at the end of this weekend here, it's going to be 75 or 80 degrees. But right now, nobody's able to feel their hands. This is the true. And same thing here in Chicago where where I looked at the 10-day forecast. I was like, this is the most Chicago 10-day forecast I've ever seen. There's <laughs> snow, there's sun, there's rain, there's wind, and then at the end of it, it's going to be 75 degrees. So, yeah, it, 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 you know, I would say we, we want to get there sooner rather than later. No doubt about it. There, there's something in general that I wanted to ask you about that you said during the game on Sunday that I was fascinated by. You were talking about not pitching to the corners early in account with Velasquez, you brought it up. I was hoping that you could spend, you could expound a little bit on that, where you 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 don't want to necessarily challenge with the corners when you're early in the count because then you turn it into a hitter's count. Can you can you give me a little bit more on that? 
Well, there's there's an adage in baseball, you can't strike out anybody on strike one. So for me to show you my best curveball, my best slider, or a fastball painted on the black low and away, my odds of actually hitting that for a strike are not near as great as when I use the outer third of the plate. So you've got 17 inches of plate. Uh, you can use, you know, the the outer third, let's say, call it uh, call it uh, uh, five inches on either side, in or out, which gives you seven inches in the middle, which you're not going to deal with at all because you want to keep it out of the middle of the plate. But I think guys get carried away with trying to make the perfect pitch on strike one. You don't really have to do that because if it is the perfect pitch, more times than not, certainly if it's a breaking ball, but more times than not even with a fastball, uh, a guy is not um, not going to swing all that often on a pitcher's pitch. Now, there are notorious first ball fastball hitters where if it stays in the ballpark, they're going to be swinging. But uh, most guys are not like that. Most guys would like to get you in a situation where you have to come to them with more of the plate because you're afraid of the walk. So that's all I was saying. I think Aaron Bummer has suffered from that earlier uh, earlier this year than, than he probably would have wanted to do that because he's – He's throwing a lot to the corners and missing. Consequently, he's been he's been falling behind uh, on just about everything, and uh, that's that's led to some pretty tough innings for him. After the the first inning, which was was filled with mistakes and getting hit and all of that stuff, I felt like Velasquez calmed down. What what do you take away from that portion of his start? Well, first of all, he brought a lot of it on himself because it should have been a one-run inning. Anytime you get a one-hopper right back to you with the bases loaded, it's a very easy one-two-three double play because, uh, you know, if it has anything on that one hop, you're going to get it, you're going to throw to the plate, and the catcher is actually going to have some time to get a pretty good angle before he returns the throw to third base, to first base to complete that double play. So um, if he makes that relatively easy play, he's going to get out of the inning. And it's going to be one run, and the Sox maybe, just maybe, come away with a win because then you use a completely different order out of your bullpen than Tony was using when he was behind in that game. You know, there's there's uh, the saying in, in this day and age is the high-leverage pitcher. You're, you're going to get the guys that you use in high-leverage situations as opposed to the other pitchers you use in low-leverage situations. I mean, unless Tony is forced to because he's thrown uh, – he's thrown his left-handers a lot, you're not going to see Severino in there in a high-leverage situation. He's too young major league-wise to be thrown into those situations, but he was out there and and the game got away when he was in there. So it's a whole different story when you're ahead than when you're behind. You use a different set of relievers, and maybe the game takes on a much different texture uh, if, in fact, he turns that double play. I'm liking the Sox chances at home if they get out of that first inning with just one run because Vince threw the ball very well after that. Yeah, and me too. And, and I, my whole thing was, you know, go hit. They were down for nothing, and they did have some chances. And they 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 didn't come through on some of those chances. Ran out of themselves out of an inning at one point as well. But with the way that their offense is built, a, a four nothing lead to me doesn't even seem insurmountable because of how much offensive firepower they have. Well, look, this this is a team that is going to hit better as the year moves along. Uh, every team I was associated with, they had a certain amount of guys who just didn't hit in the cold weather. Most guys will tell you this is not ideal to swing the bat. 
Now there's guys maybe who were, you know, you're talking about American players who were uh, raised in the Midwest. I, I remember we played 24 games in high school and 18 of them, the temperature was below 40. So if we couldn't play in the cold weather, you might as well not even play high school baseball because it was always in the cold weather. But that's because I was born and raised in Cleveland. There's a lot of guys also born and raised in the Midwest that have that same that that same uh, upbringing. So we get used to that, and you get off to pretty good starts because hitters don't like to hit in April and sometimes uh, part of May. They don't like to get a fastball in on their hands, and you can feel it three innings later. Also, don't forget that we have a lot of Latin players, and they're born and raised almost without exception in very warm weather. And then you go to spring training, and for a month and a half or two in a normal spring training, because a lot of guys come early, so let's call it two months, they're also playing in warm weather, and they're getting their stroke down, and they're getting their hands, once they, they get the blisters uh, uh, hardened from taking a lot of batting practice early, once that happens, they get their timing, and they can feel their hands, they feel every part of their body, and they groove their swing. Well, now all of a sudden you come back up north and you have wind chill factors in the 20s. Mm. And there's just certain guys that don't hit early. The Sox have uh, a lot of a lot of Latin players on their team, and there's a lot of guys who will hit better as the year will move along. And it's not only the Latin players, but I, I use it as an example because they're born and raised in warm weather. They, they played in warm weather their whole lives, and it's just difficult. It's difficult for everybody when the wind chill factors get to be in the 20s. But, um, you know, we're, we're seeing, uh, we, we say it most every year, we're seeing an unusual uh, spring this year because it has been ridiculously cold. With Andrew Vaughn, what do you think is the right thing to be done with him? Because clearly he's an offensive producer. So can can he get 450 at-bats with the amount of guys that need at-bats on this team? Well, that's the delicate balance that that Tony is going to have to uh, is going to have to try to navigate through, is how to get the proper amount of at bats for Andrew Vaughn while still keeping these other guys sharp enough so they can contribute when it's their turn to play. I think Gavin cheats because the left-handed power presence. I mean, they've got Yaz when when Grandal is hitting it. As a switch hitter, he's very strong from the left side. Uh, Leary hasn't done anything yet to this point, but um, uh, they just don't have a lot of uh, left-handed thunder. If Moncada comes back and he comes back uh, with anything like he's been at certain times, they're going to be a whole lot better. But right now, they could use that left-handed bat in Gavin Sheets, and so Tony has to look and try to get all these guys at bats, and it's not an easy thing, especially when you have – you have uh, a certain amount of games, you have off days, and you have a certain amount of games canceled early, you're having to mix and match in your lineup. Also, I think I think Tony's probably looking at some matchups where he still understands that Andrew is still a very young hitter. I have said he's going to be a top-of-the-line Major League run producer. I want to see him get anywhere from 450 to 500 bats, and I'm hoping he's able to do that. It's just really difficult early because you don't have consistency of schedule to be able to move guys in and out knowing they're only going to get one day of rest. Sometimes that one day of rest turns into two, sometimes three, depending on the weather. 
Talking Baseball with Steve Stone here on The Score, which we get to do every week or so, which is a lot of fun for me. Stoney, what have you thought of Michael Kopech so far? Well, just as Dylan Cease uh, last year took some massive strides forward over the year before, Michael Kopech from last year to this year has taken a gigantic step forward. I mean, he threw some breaking balls behind in the count in his last performance that were outstanding. I mean, he said that he just didn't have a feel for the slider, so he went to the curveball. The curveball was working. He went, stayed with the curveball. It's the third pitch we keep talking about. When Michael was used out of the bullpen, knowing he's only going to face a hitter one time, then he can count on two pitches. If the fastball and the slider are working, you go fastball, slider, you don't have to worry about anything else. If you're going to be a starting pitcher and you fancy yourself able to get through that lineup for the third time, you're going to have to have a third pitch and preferably sometimes have a fourth if one of the other three is not working. So he's got a straight change, doesn't use it often, but he's going to use it more as he gets comfortable with it. But I was encouraged by the curveball last time out because he's basically a fastball slider pitcher. If he gets to the point where he's really confident with the curveball, it gives the hitter a different look. It puts something in their minds. Uh, they're looking of him, and they're watching three pitches and sometimes four, and all of a sudden you can't really game plan. You know, Lawrence, if I'm facing you and you have two pitches, I'm going to guess with you, and I'm going to get it 50% right. But if you have three pitches, it goes down, obviously, to 33. If you've got four, it's 25%. However, if you can change speeds on some of those pitches, it's even less likely that you're going to be able to uh, – you're, you're, going to, you're going to fool me more if you can change speeds and I'm going up there looking for two pitches. Now I'm suddenly looking at three pitches and I'm looking at a variance in speed between those pitches. Now, all of a sudden you might have the equivalent of six pitches. Now I'm really in trouble. I can't guess with you. I just have to look for the ball. Then more times than not, it's going to be a lot easier to strike me out. I think Michael has made some great strides. I'm really happy. He's always had a great arm and we say it a lot. Sometime along the line, Potential has to translate into performance, and I think we've seen Michael start to uh, become the pitcher that we all think he's going to be. When I watch Kopech's fastball, it has that late life to it. And even at 96, like I, I think that it's a more difficult pitch than maybe a guy throwing 98 that doesn't have that. Is that something that can be learned, or is that just God-given talent? Well, there's a couple of things, and we're able – via the Rapsodo machine, which which measures spin rate, we're able to figure out just how every pitch, including the fastball, is spinning. The faster the ball spins, the more life it has to it. The faster a curveball spins or slider spins, the, the more drastic the break. Uh, if you get a higher spin rate on your curveball, it's not going to stay on one plane long enough for a hitter to be able to take a look at it, time it, know exactly where to swing, and the ball will kind of fall into that area. Because the ball comes up, it almost looks like it's on a string. It comes up fairly straight and then just dives at the end. That's a product of the revolution of the baseball. How fast can you make it spin? The fastball is a different spin, but it's the same idea. The higher the spin rate on the fastball, the better the carry, as they say, on that four-seamer. And so Liam Hendricks throws hard, there's a lot of guys throw as hard as Liam, but very few guys have the life on the fastball that he has because he's always able to get great extension. Consequently, heavier backspin, and that fastball has a little life to it. 
Um, I understand he's struggling a bit with the fastball in the early going now, but that's going to change as soon as he starts getting his slider over the plate more. But um, that's the key to everything, Lawrence, is the spin rate. And now that we're able to quantify it, we can improve the pitch. We can tell when the pitch is good, when it needs something else. And that, uh, that's one of the great things, you know, in this, in this data-driven era that, we, uh, that we're in. That's one of the great things that's come out of it, the ability to pick up spin rate and understand when a pitcher has to make, make a change in how he's holding and delivering the baseball. I imagine just because you usually are thirsty for knowledge – if you were playing in this era, like how much time do you think that you would spend on on whether it's being in the Rapsodo or getting advanced metric stuff from the front office? What would be your approach to how to handle all of it along with doing all the physical stuff that you need to get ready? I would literally use every bit of knowledge that I could because I was always looking for an advantage over the hitter. Because most of my career, I was good enough to hang around, not great enough to excel. There was a short period of time in a couple different years where I was good enough to excel. But uh, for the most part, I was one of those guys that just needed that little extra advantage one way or the other. And any way I could have found it, I would have been more than happy to use. And if I could get a great deal of information and data as to what you're going to do as a hitter, where you hit the ball what kind of pitches you hit. You might hit the slider better than you hit the curveball. You might hit the curveball better than you hit the slider. I mean, I've got to know all of those things. I want to know, number one, are you a first ball, fastball hitter? Number two, will you swing at a breaking ball when you're ahead in the count? I want to know everything you do. And and now, because the video libraries are so extensive, you as a hitter, I can tell everything you do and every approach you have at the plate. And by using that, I can try to game plan against you. However, uh, the hitter's up there trying to do the same thing. He's looking what you throw at every count. He's looking where you throw it. Are you strong? Are you arm side strong? Which is quite obviously for for a right hand pitcher. Arm side strong is the inside part of the plate to a right hand hitter. Glove side strong is the outside part of the plate to a right hand hitter. Are you arm side strong? Glove side strong. I always felt. For me, I was arm side strong. I could throw the ball inside to a right-hander, away to a left-hander, and hit probably 85 to 90% of the time. On the other side, inside to a left-hander, outside to a right-hander, maybe it was 65% of the time. So I always went with my strength first until you showed me you could hit my strength. Then I have to go to your weakness. So a pitcher first goes to his strength, then if you show me you can hit my strength, then I have to go to your weakness because my strength – might be your strength. Then we'll see who's better, you you or me. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it's, it is a bit of a guessing game, but still the guys who can execute consistently are the guys who win. And you, you can watch. Uh, you watch these guys consistently use that strike zone, up, down, in, out, change speeds, throw strikes, work quickly, stay ahead, all of those things, and, and you've got yourself a very good pitcher. Do you think that that's part of the, the growth and development that we've seen with Dylan Cease? Because he's always had the stuff. Like, he's he's got crazy stuff. But I feel like he's so in command over his last 20 starts or so. He's been so in command of, of what he's got in his arsenal that I wonder, like, how much work he put into that part of it, like the game planning part of it, that's now made him one of the most effective pitchers in the American League. 
Well, it's a question of going out there and having that great stuff and learning how to harness it. That's one of the things that has allowed Dylan Cease to become the pitcher that it looks like he's going to become. And it's a question, Lawrence, of waking up one day, looking in the mirror and say, I belong. And my feeling was when I started to understand the psychological aspect of competition, when I understood how to use my mind as well as my body, because your mind will govern your body, when I understood that, it went something like this. I would look in, let's say, at Willie Stargell, Roberto Clemente, um, all the great Cincinnati Reds, the big red machine, whether it be Joe Morgan or, or Johnny Bench or Pete Rose, for that matter. And at that point, when I was trying to get them out, I didn't understand much about the mental aspect of competition. But later on, I still was facing Hall of Famers. And my thought process was, you're going to go to the Hall of Fame. But not tonight, because tonight is my night. I can't beat you over a career or over a year, but I can certainly beat you tonight, because tonight is my night, not yours. And when you get that feeling, you get to be unbeatable. And for a very short period of time, for a a time of a season and a half, I felt that I was unbeatable because it was an integration of everything I still had from a physical standpoint combined with where I had taken the mental aspect of competition. Understanding to integrate both is understanding how to win with less than your best, and that typifies a quality major league pitcher because you're only going to have your best stuff 25% of the time. And the guys who understand how to win with less than their best are the guys that float to the top of this huge talent pool that is the major leagues. Well, I hope that this is what we continue to see with Dylan Cease because I – I've loved it, and I, I love how confident he is on the mound and how confident as a, a fan I am now when he's on the mound. Well, I think what you've seen with Dylan Cease, you will continue to see. He's at the point now, because he's a cerebral pitcher, he's a very smart pitcher, along, so is Lucas Giolito. And for his own right, Lance Lynn, uh, you know, despite the fact that it looks like why well, I threw a fastball every pitch, yeah, he does, but he varies it. He's a smart pitcher also. But there's only one thing right now that will stop Dylan Cease from being a great in this game, and that's injuries. He's figured it out. He understands how to harness his stuff. He knows what to throw, when to throw it, and where to throw it. And if he stays healthy, the sky is the limit as far as what he can accomplish. I mean, you're looking at a guy that possibly can win 20 games just about each and every year. If, if, uh, if people think that the wins are important these days, I happen to think they still are. I think Dylan can win 20 games each and every year with the only thing stopping him will be an injury, and hopefully he'll be able to avoid that. Stoney, as always, I love when we get an opportunity to talk baseball, and I thank you so much for being on the show today. Hopefully there'll be cold baseball in Cleveland tonight. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm glad I'm not playing any longer because it's a, it's a bit chilly. And, you know, it depends. If you want your players to play without feeling their hands – uh, you want Shane Bieber on the mound throwing that fastball if he can't feel his fingers? I don't know. We'll see. Hang in there. Are, are you going to have the heater in Cleveland, too, or what? Uh, no, unfortunately not. And uh, I think they do have a heater up there. But, you know, Jason really likes the windows open. He's very much like Harry Carey in that respect. Harry had, I think, pleurisy for the first two months of every season because he never shut the window. Jason also doesn't like to shut it. But occasionally, occasionally I prevail upon him uh, uh, to do that because, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a, 
uh, a popsicle up there. Yes, that, I don't want that for you either. So hopefully he <laughs> will be able to find a heater for the broadcast tonight. Stoney, as always, a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Lawrence. Have a good show. That is Steve Stowe. He's so great. It kind of sounds like he doesn't want them to play tonight. And I get it. I completely get it. I want them to play tonight. I need White Sox baseball. Although, last night, I got home. I I finished up the Cubs game. And then I had a choice to make. I was like, well, I could go to bed early. could do that. That'd be good. Extra sleep's always nice. Or I could watch Better Call Saul. I could watch the season premiere. It's like, man, but it's like two and a half hours. It was worth it. I'm, I'm, I need to tell, I, I got to figure out how to say this. Layla reminds me of Kim Wexler. Like, like even like they're, the way that they talk, like she reminds me of Kim Wexler. I don't know if she's ever done the little curly Q thing with a ponytail. But can clearly have that that don't bleep with me, like look, and also be hilariously funny. I don't know if Layla watches Better Call Saul, but I should ask her because she's she's got a Kim Wexler vibe to her. And this season, man, you watch Better Call Saul? I don't. Uh, I never finished Breaking Bad, just not because it's good. I know people say that's blasphemous. It's really good. It's just so dark. It's hard, man. I had to take a break after a couple things, you know, and I just haven't gone back, but I need to. I need to finish Breaking Bad and then get into Better Call Saul. I don't know if I could possibly catch up before the end of this. This is the final season of Better Call Saul, is it not? Yeah, it it is, and I think that Better Call Saul is a better show than Breaking Bad. That's what I hear. But... I want to say it was the penultimate episode of, of, of uh, Breaking Bad called Ozymandias is the best hour of television I've ever seen. It's incredible. I don't know why this happens, but it seems to always happen. Stoney will be on, and, and you can tell that he's not interested in playing, and then the game gets canceled. This from Cleveland. Tonight's game has been postponed due to weather and has been rescheduled as part of a traditional doubleheader starting at 2.10 on April 20th, which is tomorrow, right? So the White Sox game tonight is snowed, sleeted, and rained and colded out. They will play two games in a traditional doubleheader tomorrow. Good for Stody. This is the second time. Now, this happened on your show last year. Yes. The same thing happened last year where Stoney's like, I don't think they're going to play. And then, like, a minute, like, he got off the phone. And it was like, oh, they're not playing. The Oracle strikes again. So no White Sox baseball for you tonight. There is some Bears stuff, though. You know that Justin Fields talked today? We're going to let you hear a little bit of it next here on The Score. We are Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. We're live from Chicago talking Chicago sports. Listen on your radio, your laptop, your mobile device through the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or tell your smart speaker to play 670 The Score. We're live and we're local. 670 The Score. An 
Odyssey Station. This is Jim Rome with an Odyssey Sports Minute sponsored by Angie. Angie's list is now Angie. Tackle home projects big and small at Angie.com. If you're in the Western Conference, you're probably tripping right now. And if you're not, you should be because the Golden State Warriors are starting to look a lot like the Golden State Warriors of yesterday. Two games into their series with Denver, they're not just beating the Nuggets. They are humiliating them. I'm Jim Rome. This segment is sponsored by BarbecueAuthority.com, Chicago's number one barbecue shop. Chicagoland's number one barbecue shop is Barbecue Authority and Lyle. Top brands, a large selection of rubs, sauces, grills, smokers, pizza ovens, and outdoor kitchens. Veteran-owned Barbecue Authority is your one-stop barbecue shop. Visit 1704 Ogden Avenue in Lyle or online at bbqauthority.com. Dot com And the bottom of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo, Privacy Simplified. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. On the take, Fields was going to do something with it, but it was not this. He's trying to get out of trouble. Breaks out of a tackle left to the 15, 10, 5, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown Bears! 22-yard ad-lib play. A broken play turns into six for Justin Fields. Highlight courtesy of WBBM News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Jeff Joniak on the call. Joniak been doing that now for 20 years. I think he's been the play-by-play guy for 20 years. Wow. That's amazing. The Bears get to start their offseason earlier than a lot of other teams do. Any team that has a new head coach can get a jump start on install with the new head coach, and the Bears have one of those. So, Justin Fields was at the podium today up at Hallis Hall, and he had some things to say about the offseason, and now he's got a new offense to run with Luke Getze. Here's what the Bears QB thinks about where things stand for the Bears offense right now. Uh, just getting with him and you know going through the offense, of course, and uh, one big thing was you know changing my drop. Uh, last year in the gun, I had my right foot forward, so I've been working a lot uh, with my left foot forward in the uh, gun. What does that do for you? Um, it just, you know, their their offense is it's just what they do in their offense. At times, are better with routes and stuff like that. So that's that's why we do it. Justin, when you talk about how this year feels different this season, do you feel empowered and emboldened to run the show out there when you guys get out to practice? That this is now your team to run. Uh, yeah, of course. You know, um, you know, last year was 
Uh, my rookie year, of course, you know, my first year in the league, didn't know if I was going to start or not, didn't know if, if I was going to play. So uh, my mindset right now is completely different than last year. And uh, like I said before, I'm just excited to get started. Justin, he's talked about, he's talked about Luke gone back with you over plays from last season. And when you watch video of yourself from last season, how much differently do you look at that now than you did in the moment? Uh, we haven't really watched too much tape on last season. We've just trying to, you know, been uh, trying to install this new offense and uh, trying to get going on these new concepts. So. Justin, with how many times um, you got sacked last year, is there anything you're working on with your quarterback's coach or anything you're doing on your own either here or in Atlanta to maybe get rid of the ball faster or anything with, you know, along those lines that you're trying to carry into this season? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's stuff in the film last year you can see that, um, you know, uh, of course there were some instances where it was my fault that I got sacked. So um, it's, at, at, at the end of the day, it just comes to, you know, limiting those mistakes and getting the ball out and, and not taking those sacks. So what have been some of your, what have been some of your impressions of, of Janoko and working with him? Yeah, he's, he's, he's energetic. Um, you know, he comes with the positive uh, vibe every day to him. He's the same every day, which I love about him. And um, he's very detailed when explaining concepts and plays and stuff like that. And um, you can just tell that, you know, he loves the game. He, he knows a lot of stuff. So I'm excited to get to work with him. And uh, I can't wait to get on the field with him today. Ryan has, Ryan has talked about his desire to add a dependability piece for you, a guy that in big moments you can trust and rely on. When you've had that guy at previous levels, what are, what are some of the traits that go into a, a, a guy that, that you as a quarterback feel is dependable? Uh, I think there's, you know, multiple things. I think, one, you got to have that connection. Uh, you all have to be on the same page with, you know, what concept you're running, with what coverage you're running to. And then I think the second thing is just that, you know, it factor, that mentality, that, you know, dog mentality where, you know, no, no matter, you know, what situation it is, what coverage it is, who's guarding you, um, that he's, he's, he's going to make a play. So just, you know, that mentality and having, uh, you know, that you know, mentality in big moments will, uh, I guess, I guess, describe that player that you're talking about. So that's Justin Fields on where things stand right now. If you were on Twitch, you got to see me do the difference between a left foot forward on shotgun snaps, which is now what he says he's going to do versus a right foot forward, which is what he was doing. I I feel like the left foot forward is more comfortable anyway cuz you're going to you're going to drop and then drive off of your right foot as a right-handed quarterback. So it's a small correction, but if it makes him better, so be it. So that was fun to do. I I, I next time for the we play like football sound, I'll do the DAC. I'll do that for the people on Twitch so they can see me do the DAC. But yeah, all right. Look, this is the type of football coverage that you're going to get in April. These are the types of things that we learn. I love the question of, was I think it was Dan Weederer who asked it of, hey, does this feel like your team now? And, and him saying, yeah, kind of, yeah. Because now he doesn't have to worry about Andy Dalton and Andy Dalton's feelings. He, he doesn't. Wait, Nick Foles is still a Bears quarterback, isn't he? Yes, but kind of he's still here, right? But we all know that it's Justin Fields' team. And now it's a matter of what you gonna do? What you gonna do with it? It's weird because the, the Bears season, and I'm not gonna spend too much more time on them because it's April. But if the Bears season itself is bad, but Justin Fields takes some steps forward then it's a good thing. It's a really, really good thing. On Friday, 
I did Rami's show up in Milwaukee, and we were talking about the Cubs and a little bit of Bull stuff. And then at the end, he was like, so the Bears going to be good? And I was like, how dare you, sir? How, how dare you ask me that question in April? We haven't even gotten to the draft. And yeah, they're going to be terrible. It, it felt very, like, felt very Wisconsin-y. Or, as they, they say in the industry, Wisconsin-y. If you got a mansion way up in Wisconsin. Like, don't ask me about the Bears. Why don't you ask me about the White Sox? I see you didn't ask me about that. Rami. When he comes down here to do his show, you know, he'll he'll switch it up. And, oh, I'm excited about the Bears this season. I see what you're trying to do, Rami. I see it. There are a lot of people who are agreeing with me on Better Call Saul versus Breaking Bad. And maybe it's because, maybe it's because, like, if if you're – Vince Gill- is it Gilligan that built Breaking Bad. You're building out the universe. So once you've got the universe filled out, now you can play with a character and put him inside the universe that you built, knowing that there are definite like guardrails on where the character can go. It makes me want to go to New Mexico. All the time. It's strange. Because I I went to Albuquerque. Where the show takes place. And I really liked it. I I liked Santa Fe better. But there's a part of me that wants to go to Taos. And I've I've never been to Taos. You know the Rocky Mountains. Like they start in New Mexico. I guess it's a place where people go skiing and stuff. I don't really do. Or snowboarding. But it's another one of those southwestern cities that supposedly have like an energy nexus in it. Like if you go to Santa Fe or you go to Taos or, you know, you're in the middle of Arizona and Sedona, like supposedly like an energy nexus there. But every time I'm watching Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, I'm like, I want to go to New Mexico. And I think Albuquerque is another one of those 300 days of sunshine type places which over the last couple of days could have used some of it. Apparently, though, the sun will come out tomorrow. No, it, it'll be out later on today, Annie. And if you're going to the Cubs game, it should be about 43 degrees and sunny around first pitch, which will be at 640 tonight. So the Cubs are going to play. The White Sox are not. They're going to play a doubleheader tomorrow. Back after this on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2. On Sports Radio 670, The Score, in Odyssey Station. So my plans for the night are pretty much made. I know that the White Sox aren't playing, but the Cubs are. And I'm looking forward to seeing Justin Steele. I put in a bet on FanDuel. The over-under on Justin Steele strikeouts is 4.5. I went with the over, and let's see how it goes. Some people on Twitch are going to go with me on that, and I appreciate your faith in me. The other thing that I'm looking forward to watching tonight is Memphis versus Minnesota. That game one was a bit of a shocker. And game two, Memphis better get its act together. Now, speaking of betting, 
I bet Memphis to win the Western Conference. So Saturday was not fun for me. I was like, come on, man. What is happening here with, with Memphis? But the way that Minnesota has played, Anthony Edwards has been spectacular. He's so good. And I had a texter yesterday who jumped in and said, Anthony Edwards is out here dunking on people. And he's 20 years old. He doesn't look scared. Car Anthony Towns doesn't have playoff experience. And he doesn't look scared and doesn't look rattled. Saying, look, it's cool that Zach Levine is now in his first playoff, but he shouldn't be scared. And he shouldn't be taking 30-footers when you're only down three at the end of games. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Memphis's counterpunch is because Minnesota was more physical than them in that game, which was shocking. But now we're right in the middle of playoff basketball. I cannot wait to see this because I love when Memphis wins a game. You know what they yell out? Whoop that trick! Whoop that trick! We'll see if they're yelling it tonight because they were the ones that got whooped this weekend and Cat was out here celebrating, and he deserved to. I'll talk with Spiegel and Grody next on the Parkinson Spiegel Show on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.